To you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. The ongoing plague of brown locusts in parts of the Northern Cape, Western Cape and Eastern Cape Karoo have been a nightmare for farmers. It's believed that in one day a small swarm can eat the same amount of food as 35,000 people or damage 100 tonnes of crops across a square kilometre of fields. In early April, the Department of Agriculture said it had already spent over 80 million rand trying to combat what is believed to be the biggest outbreak in 25 years. Needless to say, they can cause major agricultural damage, which can lead to famine and eventually starvation. But a regenerative agriculture company in Kenya, the Bug Picture, has come up with a novel way of dealing with the millions of locusts found in a swarm. And to find out more, I'm joined on the line now from Nairobi by its co-founder and CEO, Laura Stanfield. Laura, could you begin by drawing a picture for us, if you wouldn't mind, about what kind of destruction a swarm of locusts can do to a farmland? What does it look like? Yeah, thanks, Glynis, and thanks for having me. So... In 2019 and for the past two years, we have been experiencing incredibly shocking levels of desert locust infestation in northern Kenya and then in the Horn of Africa. And what you see is literally massive clouds in the sky of these insects moving at amazing pace. When you're driving through them, they're literally, you're hitting them with your car and it's like thudding. And it's, it's quite terrifying the scale of the problem that we were experiencing here and of course then what's happening in, in South Africa with the brown locust. And what we saw was that there was such a sense of hopelessness of the people who were experiencing the destruction in northern Kenya. And as an insect farming company, we understand and we see the opportunity of these insects as an incredible protein source, as well as a nitrogen source for things like fertilizer, if, if done correctly. So we, we thought we needed to try something a bit different uh, and try and turn the destruction in, into an opportunity to feed people and their animals in a time where they had lost all their food to eat or their livelihoods were being threatened. So what exactly do you do with the locust? How do you catch it to start off with? <laughs> so it's quite funny. I mean, desert locusts are like all other creatures on this planet and they need to sleep. Uh, and they do that as the temperatures drop overnight. So we played around with a whole bunch of different types of harvesting techniques, which is where a lot of the comical side of things comes through, trying to catch them with nets and chasing them and things like that. <laughs> but we ultimately landed on hand-picking them at night or placing tarpaulins on the trees and shaking the trees and bushes, but very, very manual. And I think there is a, a sense of criticism to a certain degree of this type of manual harvesting. But in the same breath, we have thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people affected by this insect on an annual basis in any given place. And that means we've got an army of people who are motivated to create change. So at night we would track the swarms and then go into communities and give them a really brief training as to how to harvest these insects. And then we would leave them to it overnight. And in the following morning we would arrive and there would just be sacks of locusts ready to be collected and then we would pay per kilogram. And what we found here 
was that we were giving money to the people who were actually affected by the swarm, which is then a sustainable practice as to how to create motivation to do this type of harvesting, but also making sure that people do have some cash in their pockets for the months ahead while they, their land is recovering from the devastation. You turn them into feed and fertilizer, and so ultimately it's making farming in a way, taking the bad side and turning it into good, making it more sustainable. Exactly. I think this is the thing. As the climate is changing and as we are seeing things shift, which is everywhere, it's not that the world is you know, the world is getting hotter, but it's not that we're feeling the heat. It's the fact that rain patterns are different and that wind patterns are different. And these are the things that are actually making it so much better for locusts to survive and to prosper, which we're seeing across the planet at the moment. And And I think it's about how do we create a world where we live in conjunction with these changes, but try to turn them into something positive that we can actually feed people and feed our animals and try and prosper from these changes. So as you mentioned, we, we created recipes for turning the locusts into animal feed. So to give you know, a sense of scale. We ran this project for about six weeks. And in that six week period, we harvested four, just short of four and a half tons of locusts. We made over 10 tons of animal feed. We created and played with the different recipes. And we also came up with a recipe for, for turning these locusts into fertilizer in the event that we know that they were sprayed uh, with chemicals, um, pesticide. And and all of this is open source. And like, I, I think it's really important that this type of information and this type of approach should be tried. We should be trying everything in the face of trying to create sustainable solutions to some of the challenges which are going to become more and more prominent in our time. And of course, because the crops also don't have to be sprayed with pesticides then. We've unfortunately run out of time, but quick yes or no, any chance that you might be turning it into food for humans anytime soon? Us, no, but there are people doing it all over the world already. Locusts have been eaten as far back as biblical times, and I think I think we need to start being a bit more creative with our problems. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much to Laura Stanford of The Bug Picture, and that's it for this week here on Being Green. Till next time from Eglin's Crook, take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.